the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Hey, wrestling fans, this is Gary Michael Capetta, and you're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host with the most. And ladies, if you do not like a man who takes home six figures a week, and I'm talking Hasbro's, I'll ghost you. I am joined again by Justin Largito. Justin, how you doing today, my man? Lee, I'm good. It's good to be back, man. For those who don't remember, Justin was on a show a couple episodes ago with us. Justin is our cameraman for when we do interviews at autograph conventions, autograph signings, and things like that. Justin's the one behind the scenes. Glad to have you back, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I like doing this with you. I like talking to you. Obviously, yeah. uh, we can talk for hours and it feels like minutes. So, yeah, <laughs> this is always Abs- fun. absolutely, man. Um, <laughs> last night, we had the Impact Wrestling Sacrifice pay-per-view. And man, what a pay-per-view. We also had WWE at MSG, and we're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to get into the Impact Wrestling Sacrifice results. X-Division Championship match was started off the card. We had Trey Miguel versus Jake something. What would you think of that match? Uh, It was pretty good. Uh, You know... I don't know how I feel about Trey Miguel yet, to be honest. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Jake yeah. something. Uh, I think we should talk about that now. Uh, Fightful reported this morning that he is now a free agent and no longer bound by an impact wrestling contract. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, Jake something. I don't really know how he fit well into the X division. I'm not too big on guy, bigger guys being in the X division and competing for the title. That's just my perception. And I know somebody will be like, oh, well, you like Samoa Joe being in the X Division. Yeah, that's different, though. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, this was a good opener. It was fun. It was a good match, and I believe I picked Jake something to win on last night's episode when I did the predictions for this. We, We joked about the Jake something name on an episode when he made his debut uh, because it was also Speedball Mike, his debut as well. And (laughs) we had a field day with those two names. Um, (laughs) Fightful reporting Jake something no longer with impact was kind of a shocker. I didn't think he'd finish up. I'd say this fast with the company. I'm hoping he moves on to bigger and better things for himself. And um As you can tell the way we're talking, Jake something does not come out as the X division champion. Trey Miguel retains the championship. Again, I thought this, this was a great match back and forth. We got to see a mix of high flying, powerful moves. Uh, Overall, it was, it was a good match, but Trey Miguel wins. So It'll be interesting to see who he will feud with next, and we wish Jake something the best of luck. The second match on the card, 
is Eddie Edwards, who seemingly no longer supporting Impact and joins Honor No More, taking on Rhino, uh, who was with Team Impact that night. And much to nobody's surprise, the winner of this match was Eddie Edwards. Uh, The thing that we did not expect was Steve Macklin appearing and we thought he was going to help team impact, but instead he turns around, he hits Rhino with a kendo stick, which pretty much costs Rhino the match. Justin, what'd you think of it? Uh, so the Eddie Edward, Edward, uh, excuse me, Eddie Edwards, a uh, heel turn. Uh, so far, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I think he's really needed a character change for a while, to be honest with you. Uh, his first world title reign back in 2016, I believe, when he beat Lashley. Uh, something about that just really soured me on Eddie Edwards. Uh, even when he did that subtle character change with the kendo stick and, you know, the the change in appearance. I, I don't know. It wasn't doing it for me. So maybe a heel turn can do it. Uh, th- this was an all right match. Uh, the Steve Macklin stuff. Uh, I'm just glad they didn't have him join with honor no more. I don't want that to be a reoccurring thing like they did with Eddie. Uh, you know, it looks like they're going to set something up with Rhino and Steve Macklin now, possibly a rebellion. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Eddie Edwards wins this. We'll see uh, where they go with Honor No More and, you know, where they take this storyline. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I enjoyed the match. Uh, I predicted Eddie Edwards, to be honest. Uh, so I believe I'm 2-0 and right now as far as my predictions from episode 63, which you can go back and listen to on Apple podcast, everybody, or anywhere podcasts are found. I know the match coming up. I will take my first L and I'm very shocked by it. We have the knockouts tag team championship match, the inspiration taking on the influence. Now the inspiration formerly known as the iconics in the WWE in the, the influence Right off the bat, I was kind of lost with this. And it's not because of the wrestling. It was a really good match. It really was. Mm-hmm. The ring announcer screwing up Tennille Dashwood's name. Got oh, me. did he? I, I yeah. didn't even notice that. Yeah. Uh, so he botches it when he said he goes to say Dashwood. He has to say it like twice. I laughed, of course, um, and I know those things happen. But I was like, "Man, that's a that's a real downer there." Yeah. So, so for fans who don't know the storyline between the influence and the inspiration, this match was supposed to happen on a previous pay per view. However, the inspiration uh, had been in contact with COVID, if anyone remembers, and they couldn't defend the Knockouts Championship against the influence. So. This is basically that match that we were supposed to get. And throughout the weeks, we had seen uh, Caleb with a K be involved with the inspiration a little bit. Seemingly, we were going to see Caleb with a K, obviously, having ties with the inspiration. 
expected some sort of turn and maybe we we saw it in the middle of the match well I, I shouldn't say in the middle of the match before um the match Caleb was like you know the influence told Caleb of the Kate not allowed at ringside they didn't want him there because of his ties and stuff that was going on with the inspiration so as the match goes on he does come down and at one point he throws the knockouts, one of the knockouts tag team championship belts into the ring. Cassie was standing there as he was sliding it. The way they made it look or seemingly seem as if he slid it too far. We see Cassie Lee end up getting hit with the belt instead of uh, whoever it was in the ring from the influence. And we have new knockout tag team champions. I don't understand it. I'm not happy with it, to be yeah. honest with you. I know the match was supposed to happen earlier on a pay-per-view due to, you know, but due to COVID and stuff, it didn't. Yeah. How do you bring in formerly known as the Iconics, the inspiration, you know, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, now, Kat, you know, using the real names, Cassie Lee, Billy, you know, uh, yeah. Jesse McKay. How do you have them have such a short run? Will we see a rematch out of this? Are we like, I mean, why? Yeah. Literally, why? There, there was, mm-hmm. at that now, point, why bring them in to have them have like that one title defense and then they lose? Why? Now, I, I definitely agree with you, Lee. Like, this was way too soon and just very out of nowhere. I don't know if they're going the more storyline route because obviously there was that tease at the end. Oh, did Caleb uh, mean to throw it to Tennille Dashwood or did he mean to throw it to uh, Cassie Lee or Jesse McKay, whoever was in the ring? Uh, I do expect a rematch at Rebellion for the Knockouts tag titles pending. This match doesn't get put off for three months again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, this felt way too soon. This was uh, this was surprising to me, and a few of the title changes that happened last night were definitely very surprising, and I think came out of nowhere. Uh, looking at the way they were going storyline wise for some of these, yeah, absolutely. Um, I did say that I wanted a long feud between the influence and the inspiration. Very similar names. And uh, for those of you who tend to go to YouTube, go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. We have worked with the inspiration. Uh, We've had them at autograph signings and we've interviewed them through impact. And we've also worked with Tennille Dashwood through impact. You can go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope to see those. I hope that this feud continues to be honest with you. Uh, the only other thing is much like everywhere else, there's not a lot of female tag teams. So I hope that it continues. But the other thing that comes to mind is the fact that when the inspiration were brought in, they had appeared to be seemingly like heels throughout this storyline telling that they've been using with the inspiration and the influence, it almost seems like they're more of a face now 
And if you watched Sacrifice, you heard that through the crowd because the crowd was chanting for the, the inspiration. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes forward, uh, especially with such a quick change for the inspiration from a heel to seemingly a face with this feud. So I'm going to be interested to see what continues with both these teams and where do they go from here? Yeah. And you know, Lee, I was going to make the same point. Maybe, maybe that is why the change was done. Maybe it's just the lack of uh, women's tag teams in this company. And just like every other company that holds a set of women's tag team titles. I think these are booked more than the uh, better than the paperweights in another company, but I'm not going to get into that. Uh, the E. <laughs> the Fed. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, that, that probably is why it was done, but I don't know. I just felt like it was way too soon to kind of halt the inspiration's momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, we had a backstage segment with Anthony Corelli. For fans of those who don't know that name, you might remember him in the E. <laughs> Santino Morella. Uh, he gave Heath a motivational speech ahead of his title match against Moose. Then we see another segment with Brian Myers coming out to with his own commentary table. Of course, it's filled with major wrestling pod merch. Why wouldn't it be? Plug the merch. They have cool figures. They do. Can't go wrong. And bendies. <laughs> so anyway uh w morrissey comes out stares him down myers escapes but one of the security guys gets power bombed through the table now justin actually unboxed the major figure seven i think they are with myers and cardona i did the uh super seven yeah and to me, the funniest point of this whole segment with Morrissey and Myers is when he power bombs the security guy through on Myers' figure box. It has that orange belt. So when he power bombs him through the table, you just see the orange belt come flying off of the figure box into the air and then drops. And I lost it. I'm glad you noticed that as well, because all I could see during that whole segment was the orange belt just sitting on the floor <laughs> the two as a figure collector the two things that ran through my mind are one is the box okay and two did the belt rip because i mean when you i've never like power bombed someone through a table basically onto an action figure box but like when i saw the the belt come off and, and just go flying i was like <gasps> is that okay yeah, and, and those those belts are on there pretty tight because you saw me try to struggle with it when I unboxed them on camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like, the only thing I was thinking of is when I saw that was that. And it wasn't like, oh, I wonder if the security guard's okay. Nah, he's, he's, he just got power bombed through a table. He's not doing well. well I focused on that. I focused on that. And then I was like, as the table, like, folded, I was like, wait a second. Where did the bendy go? <laughs> Like, you didn't see the bendy anymore. I was like, where'd that go? Because that was, like, on, like, the other side. Yeah. And all I, I was, like, ho- like, as I was watching, I was like, oh, man, if if, that, if this power bomb goes right, that thing is going to launch. Because he power bombed him through the middle so that the sides, like, fold up. 
So I yeah. was expecting it to just go flying. Oh my God. And I was like, wait a second, where'd the bendy go? I don't see it. And then there was like other stuff on the table and it was just like, it's gone. It's, it's nowhere. I'll tell you where it went. That security guard's pocket. Salvaging this is loose. <laughs> After the show. Hey Myers, can uh, you sign this? I'm going to let everyone know I got power bomb through the table and that's what this figure is from. <laughs> could you imagine he's probably, in the, he's probably in the major pod facebook group <laughs> <laughs> hey guys that was me that went through the table uh and i kept the action figure by the way <laughs> 50 claims shipped <laughs> <laughs> oh man so our next match um after these segments i was really really excited for because we got jonah versus pco pco part of honor no more he left ring of honor back in november before anything happened the announcement that they were closing slash tony khan bought them this was a phenomenal match this was a match i was hoping was going to steal the show and in my eyes it did you know kevin nash when I interviewed him had said that big men from his time, just those matches did not work. Big guy versus big guy today, the big guy versus big guy match works. I mean, you're seeing a guy like Jonah, who's what? 330 plus pounds PCO who's in his fifties and at least close to 300. I mean, they were doing moonsaults. They were doing swanton bombs. PCO took a power bomb, like Jamie Noble took a power bomb on the outside of the ring before he retired. If you remember that on Raw from Sheamus, you know. So like these little things like just blew my mind. I mean, the 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 superplex off the top rope. Usually, like in WWE, when you see two big guys like that, the ring folds. You know, you, you but I mean, WWE also, when you know when it's going to happen because they have those big LED uh, posts. And when someone goes through, they're all very, very much smaller and make you feel inadequate when you look down your trousers kind of deal. <laughs> so to see that superplex, it was really awesome. And I mean, these guys really, really sold everything that they were doing in the ring. For me, this was match of the night. Justin, how did you feel about it? So like you said, Lee, I do think there's a place today for big guy versus big guy matches. Uh, you know, as much as, as much shit as I give to uh, Goldberg for wrestling the way he does now and at his age, uh, you know, his match with Brock at WrestleMania 33, where I wish I wish he just ended it at that point, was very good. Uh, it only lasted about four to six minutes, probably. But yeah. for what it was, it was just a total carnage. I mean, yeah, uh, even I'll point this out, too, because it's a more recent example. Uh, I went to AEW in Connecticut just a few weeks ago, and they had a segment with Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee on the big screen. And the stare down between them, those two, just every, every, the whole arena pops. They, they, uh, they want to see it. So yeah. another thing to get back to this, uh, 
the PCO powerbomb on the outside was the part that just really made me cringe because you just hear the FUD. <laughs> yeah. Somebody in his mid 50s, like PCO, you know, I, I got to give credit to him because the, that, the guy's nuts. <laughs> I wouldn't be taking the bumps he does at, at that age. Yeah, no. I, I mean, if you've ever watched any of his videos that he was doing on Monday, like Facebook Live and YouTube and stuff like that with the Testro, the, yeah. those, the things that they were doing with like hooking the car batteries up to him and, and shocking him while he's lifting, eating glass and things like that. The, the, there's a reason why they, he's, he's unhuman. There's a reason why he's the human Frankenstein PCO. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, and we interviewed the Mountie youtube.com slash perched on the top rope and the Mountie uh, Jacques Rougeau talks about his first time meeting PCO uh, down in Puerto Rico working for uh, Carlos Cologne, you know, working for, working for their promotion. And he even said that when they formed the Quebecers and became a tag team in WWF, he said, you know, Jacques said that, Hey, I was older at this point. And PCO said, I can, you know, he could take the bumps and he goes to watch him take even tougher bumps than what they took in WWF blows his mind. And I mean, this guy PCO, I'm so happy to see him get this run, be a former ring of honor world champion. Now he's an impact. I'd still like to see bigger and better for him. I'd love to see him become the impact world champion. I 1000% thinks think he deserves it and we've even interviewed pco and talked about his run in wwf and things like that again you can find all of this content anywhere podcasts are found and on our youtube page perched on the top rope so jonah ends up winning the match he hits that power bomb rolls him in the ring and like pco is like kind of laying there like I guess how I probably fell asleep after a few beers last night. I was like kind of <laughs> like half on my stomach, but not. And he hits that fucking top rope splash, like literally like on his head, upper back. Yeah. <laughs> rolls him over and pins him. But like when you talk about that thud, like we know that a pro wrestling ring has a little give to it. I mean, it's literally like wooden two by tens or like, two by 12s the boards and it's steel and it's it's got some padding but it's those boards under the padding that give the bounce a little bit but i mean man there's no give on that floor and you can even hear the commentary team after the power bomb go oh my god look at his head like the way he hit it was like it it was exactly it was just like you said it was cringe worthy to like you, you almost like you had to look away it was yeah it was not as bad as watching Mick Foley at Hell in a Cell fall off the Hell in a Cell when Taker throws him off or when he goes through it a couple times, you know, from Undertaker to the Triple H match. But, man, nasty, nasty thing to watch. But it was a great match. And for me, Definitely. for me, it was match of the night, to be honest with you. This was match of the night for me. Jonah wins. And we set up to our next match. We have the Switchblade Jay White taking on his mentor, who has now reached 20 years in the industry, Alex Shelley. 
this was in my eyes after watching Jonah PCO, I was like, I don't know how you follow this. They did a great job. Yeah. You know, this was a great back and forth match and the commentary team did phenomenal with the storytelling of Jay White and Alex Shelley and everything. What were your thoughts on the match? So Alex Shelley and Jay White, uh, one thing to point out, this is uh, Alex Shelley's first appearance in impact since uh, last year where he was actually supposed to show up at hard to kill for that six man tag with Kenny Omega and the good brothers. Uh, when I, when the match was first announced, I thought it was kind of random because I don't think Alex Shelley appeared on impact at all before this show. I don't know if Alex Shelley's back in impact now full time. I don't know if they plan to reunite him and Chris Saban. So that's something to look out for, but the match, uh, I thought it was very good. Uh, like you said, PCO and Jonah was the match of the night. I think this is definitely on par, uh, if not above that. Uh, definitely had a New Japan feel, I thought. Uh, very back and forth. Uh, the crowd literally was just standing on their feet afterwards, which, which was awesome. Uh, the only thing I would really have to complain about, uh, you know, in the last few minutes, I feel like it really, really picked up, and then it just kind of ended. But other than that, this, this, was, this was fun. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fun match. And, you know, Jay White being in the Bullet Club, I didn't know if we would see any bullet club members come in and interfere if things weren't going to go his way. And it's interesting that you bring up a possibility of Shelly and a Saban, you know, tag team reuniting again, because Saban was on the card. We did see him. He came out with team impact with Rhino. However, the one thing I did notice was they didn't announce him. No, they They announced Willie Mack. And they announced Rich Swan coming out with Rhino, but they did not announce Chris Saban, which kind of shocked me. Chris Saban must have said, I'm not, I'm not booked. Let me uh, go get a payday. Yeah, you know, right? <laughs> I'll walk out here. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll come out. I don't mind. It's like, it's like Virgil. <laughs> 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 uh, $20 and all the unlimited breadsticks you can eat. Oh man. Oh my god. <laughs> so this the, the next couple things that happened in Impact were a little I don't want to say offsetting, but I don't think things went as planned, obviously. No, definitely um, not. We have the open challenge from Diana Perrazzo, who is the Ring of Honor and AAA women's champion. You know, she's got two belts collecting belts apparently in wrestling right now seems to be the thing to do. Cardona's got six. Kenny Omega still has one, I believe, after having like three or four. Uh, Deanna with two. So, you know, Becky two belts at one point. So becoming a belt collector is the the new thing in wrestling. It's about to happen at Mania too. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's about to happen at Mania again too. So we see Chelsea Green come out and accept the challenge. This match did not go as planned as Chelsea had seemingly injured her wrist, which 
left the ref to call the X, which if you know in pro wrestling, when the referee calls that, that means there is a legitimate injury. He's checking on her, and it seemed as though Deanna, like, seemingly was just not going over to, like, beat her up, but check on her to make sure she's all right. And I think they had realized, hey, we still need to finish this match. So we see Chelsea punch her with her other arm, and then Deanna gets up, puts that arm bar on with the injured with the injured wrist, and uh, we see Chelsea tap. I'll just break the news now. Chelsea posted on Twitter with uh, her arm in a wrist or her cast. Blah. <laughs> wow. You can't speak today. That's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she had her uh, wrist in a cast. And uh, it seems, and she later would post the x-ray photos. She has broken the same wrist again. I believe this is the third time she has broken it. Um, we'll get back to that in a minute. We'll get, come back to sacrifice. Mickey James comes out to check on Chelsea Green. And when she does that, Tasha Steele's music hits for her match. So I don't know if there was a time issue that was going, that was being caused, or if it was a mere fact of, Hey, we need to get her out of the ring. Let's set up for the next match now. So Tasha comes out. She has Savannah Evans with her. Mickey James is already in the ring. Cause she had been checking on her friend. This was a good match, a shocking match. And I say it's shocking because we have a new Knockouts World Champion, Tasha Steels. Justin, what did you think of the match first? So when it comes to Tasha and Mickey, uh, definitely very good. Same as their uh, match from a few weeks ago at No Surrender. I think Tasha has just really improved in the last year and a half, uh, especially in her time with Kira Hogan uh, as the Knockouts Tag Champs. Uh, like you said, it's very shocking. We do have a knockouts tag champ with especially, or excuse me, new knockouts champ uh, with the way uh, things were going. And I'll, I'll just explain how I thought things were going to go. Uh, you know, Cardona recently just turned heel on Impact TV and he's the digital media champion now. I fought with this best friend, Chelsea Green, Mickey James story that, especially with tonight, or excuse me, last night. Uh, I thought the whole Chelsea Green wrist injury was a storyline they were going to set up, gain some sympathy for her, and then possibly this Thursday just fucking turn on Mickey James like no problem. That would set up a title match at Rebellion, and then maybe her and Cardona do their uh, kind of thing and impact together. Uh, while we're on the Chelsea Green stuff, I do have a breaking news update. Uh, impact posted. Uh, she did suffer an arm injury. Uh, after seeking medical attention, it was determined Chelsea had fractured her left radius. She will forego surgery and will undergo extensive physical therapy, uh, which is interesting because Chelsea is also still uh, advertising her NWA world title match, women's title match for their next show at the Crockett Cup. 
So I don't know what's going on, but. <sighs> okay. So have you ever broken a bone, Justin? Uh, I think the most I had was a sprained ankle. Other than that, no. Okay. I, I had done, I had competed in strongman and in MMA. Um, I have a long list of injuries left shoulder and I, i'm going to just tell the la- the injuries to this shoulder because the rest of them after this uh, realistically don't mean anything because they have nothing to do with the mma yeah or or strongman two torn rotator cuffs to this left shoulder both repaired type three ac joint separation uh, that was actually the first injury and then the two torn rotator cuffs came after the last injury that required surgery was a torn labrum And that was from shrugging 500 pounds. Now I know fans are probably like, wait, you can shrug 500 pounds. No, I could shrug 500 pounds. (laughs) I could definitely not do it today. Um, To which after that's the fourth surgery, my physician and my surgeon had sat down together and sat down with me and basically had told me, look, you can't afford to have another injury like this. You need to stop. You need not stop, but the MMA, you, you just can't continue and you need to change how you work out this heavy lifting. Uh, obviously you get one shoulder injury. You're more prone to them. This wrist is the same thing. This is the third time for her. This is I believe. She broke it the one time and then the second time she had surgery and now she's having surgery again. If I'm, if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah. So she needs to wear history. Uh, it just always comes at the worst times. Cause I think the first one was actually her NXT debut. Yeah. It was a dark match. Yes. The second time was her SmackDown debut, <laughs> which aired on TV. Yeah. And now here we are again. It looks like she's going to possibly go after the knockouts title. Cause I forgot to mention that, too. They were kind of teasing it because Mickey James said she didn't want Chelsea Green out there for this match. And Chelsea continued to insist, insist, but Mickey constantly denied her. So, yeah, it, it just always comes at the worst times for her, unfortunately. Yeah. So that might even lead us to believe that maybe Mickey James was supposed to win last night if they were going to go with that storyline. But knowing that there is an injury they switched and said, all right, we'll have Tasha win, which great for Tasha because that actually makes her the first African Latina pro wrestler to hold the knockouts women's championship. So congratulations to her. I'm expecting that now the storyline will be instead of what Chelsea and Mickey James were going to do that. We're going to get seemingly a rematch as I think you had stated between Mickey and Tasha and they'll, form a storyline out of that instead. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. The only thing that I would give any sort of advice to Chelsea Green is someone, again, who's had four surgeries on one shoulder and doesn't want to do a shoulder replacement surgery if he gets injured again because it's like this like rubber seal thing that like they just put all your joints in and throw it back in your shoulder. And it does not sound good to me. I was like, no, I'm not having that. So Thanks, DDP Yoga. Now I do good. <laughs> There's just no lifting. Um, she needs to wear some sort of 
wrist protection. They, they make things for your wrist for protection. Something as simple that you can like go to like CVS and like Walmart. I would probably suggest for her being the athlete that she is getting something recommended from a specialist, but she can't keep having this happen. And especially every time it's happened, it's happened during a push that she's supposed to get, Yep. you know? So I feel really bad, especially because of the timing that it happens. Very true. But the most shocking part of the match is like I said, Deanna grabs that wrist that she broke and puts her in that arm bar and you can see her bending it. And part of the reason why I asked if you'd ever broken a bone was if you've broken something like, you know, like I've broken my hand, like you can see how this knuckle fan, you fans can't see it, but see how that hand, that, that knuckle right there doesn't like yeah. close in more. It's because I've broken this hand fighting and, and I've broken this finger. So like, it doesn't me punching with this hand at this point, I'm only going to do more damage to myself because of the way the knuckle is. Cause, yeah. Cause the way like, it you see out. how this one is compared like this Definitely. one, this one's fine. This one, you can see it sticks way out. I can't, I yeah. can't make a full fist with it to like, you know, throw a punch. So at that point, it's the point is mute, but she needs to do something. Um, trying to rush rehab is not the answer because we see a lot of wrestlers who get injured. They'll go to physical therapy like three times a day, two times a day. You know, when I, I'm going for my shoulder, obviously through health insurance and stuff like that, I was going twice a week, but then the, doing stuff at, at home as well. But they're trying to speed the process up so that they can get back making money because sitting at home, they're not making money, yeah. you know, being injured type deal. So I wish her the best. I hope the best for surgery. I think she needs to look at wearing some sort of protective wrist guard at this point if she's going to continue with her career. Um, Obviously, I think she's going to continue with her career. I don't think she's going to hang it up or anything like that. But if she were, I would say the next best thing for her to be would be maybe a coach, maybe something backstage producing. But she's going to have to figure it out because this is the third time in, what, only a few years? Yeah, 2019 was the first injury, so three years. Yeah. So... And that's once a year, literally. That's once a year. Think about literally it. Literally once a year. <laughs> you know. So uh, Chelsea, we'll see you in 2023, and hope you don't break it then. I, I'm not being insensitive, to be honest with yeah. you. Like it really sucks. I've, I went, I've gone through that stuff with my left shoulder, and it, you know, when doctors tell you it's, nah, it's time to switch what you're doing. Maybe think about it seriously. Like there's nothing Definitely. wrong with it. Yeah. I do, I do DDP yoga. And when I met him, I told him my story and it was awesome. Like, I don't like not being able to lift. Cause I always loved picking up heavy ass weight and, you know, my whole body's changed. I'm, you know, I've lost muscle and this and that, and it's, it is what it is, but I wish her the best. I really do. Definitely. And as far as the, the Tasha Steeles match, again, we have a new knockouts champion. Uh, she made history, which is really cool. Uh, I just, I think we're going to see whatever storyline we were going to get out of Mickey James and 
Chelsea is going to be delayed if we even see it come back to fruition. But I would say we're going to see Tasha and Mickey James continue feuding from here from here because uh, of what happened with Chelsea. Yeah, it looks to be the direction. Yeah. We have our eighth match of the night as we have Bullet Club members, the Good Brothers, taking on Violent by Designs, Eric Young and Joe Doring. Uh, they had Diener with them, by the way, which was really, really neat. I mean, not neither a faction. So, I mean, that always happens. And the Good Brothers had Chris Bay with them. So, you know, keep things even. Justin, what do you think of this match? Uh, so I thought it was pretty good. Uh, good tag match. Uh, the thing I'm very surprised about is the title change, and we'll get into that. Uh, especially they just did the turn with Chris Bay and Jay White and the Good Brothers. It was only two weeks ago, so this is still fairly new. Uh, I was half expecting a title change, but I also thought they would hold it off for a bit. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine with Violent by Design winning. Uh, like I said, it was it was a fun tag match. Uh, not too surprised by the ending, but you know, uh, I guess we'll see where it goes. Yeah. So for Diana, I picked that right. I picked Jay White right. I wanted PCO, so I got that wrong. I definitely got the Tasha Steels match wrong. This match I actually picked right. I said I wanted Violent by Design. But I could also see where the Good Brothers were going to win type deal. Yeah. I was I was happy that it was Violent by Design because Eric Young is an OG to Impact. And I just honestly, Joe Doring, he's been in the business for a long time. So it was really cool to see them win, uh, especially since like the way we had seen, in my eyes, the way we had seen Eric Young get booked with Sanity coming up from NXT to the main roster. It's one of those, like, it's WWE is going to WWE. It's my favorite quote. And that's exactly what they did. Because Sanity on NXT was, like, the greatest thing in my eyes. It was a great faction. The look, the entrance. And then they get to the main roster, and I was just like, why are we dropping that? Like, why are we dropping the ball with this? Like, do you not realize what you have? And then we saw everything that happened with all the releases. And now Nikki A.S.H. is the only one left in the company from Sanity, which is seemingly sad because I had really high hopes for them. And it's just, I can get into a whole show on on how WWE doesn't know how to keep factions and stables going aside from seemingly the new day same here you know but back to this it was a good match i'm interested to see where the two teams will if they'll continue to feud or what i also did say with this whole big bullet club thing going on especially with jay white who is now also signed to aw I'm expecting that anything AEW and Bullet Club related, we're going to see these Impact guys like the Good Brothers and Chris Bay be involved in something. Uh, Perch Gaming's adorable one wanted to make this comment when it came to that. 
he thinks that they're leading up to some sort of like big bullet club versus bullet club thing. He thinks that there's going to be like a new school of like, who's in the bullet club now going against like the former members, like Adam Cole, the young bucks and things like that. Right now we're not seeing that in AEW though, because it's seemingly, it it looks like we're going to get like, Adam Cole with Red Dragon at some point going to feud with the Young Bucks and Adam Page. I just my opinion. Yeah. And I think we could even see some of that happen tonight at AEW Revolution and fans. We've already done that prediction show. That was episode 63. So go back and listen to episode 63 to hear our predictions. Back to this match. I I I think really that's almost could be like what, what we're leading up to the bullet club to me has had a lot of lackluster the last couple of years, almost kind of like you forget they exist, which is sad to say, because like when they had guys like the young bucks, Cody Rhodes, this guy, that guy, it was the greatest freaking thing in the world. Yeah. But then when all those guys started to leave, you were just kind of like, what's the bullet club now you know yeah, it's, it's like a few years ago all you saw was bullet club t-shirts whether it be at shows or even in public at yeah least in my case so like i'm hoping that we're getting a resurgence of it but i mean time will tell so we have new tag team champions violent by design i'm happy with it we have our main event the impact world t- title on the line moose taking on heath slater that is this was a good match you know we've never really seen heath in any sort of main event picture in his career at least from the wwe side of it anyway i we've seen him you know the first smackdown raw first smackdown tag team champions with rhino but we've never seen him really in the main event picture. So this was something really cool, but it's also kind of telling me impact doesn't really have big names to have their champion face. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, this is one of those, you know, we always see AEW fans commenting hating all these WWE guys coming in. Everyone that Moose has seemingly defended the Impact World Championship against has all been former WWE guys. Yeah. W. Morrissey was uh, Big Cass. Matt Cardona was Zack Ryder. Heath. If I'm not mistaken, Brian Myers even had a World title match i don't think it was moose though if it was moose then there's yeah another one. it was uh it was against christian brian Myers. yeah there we go it was brian cage yeah. yeah yeah there we go i don't know why i'm saying brian cage <laughs> yeah whatever um this was a good match the ending is what really was more shocking mm-hmm. uh i'll just announce it now ladies and gentlemen 
Josh Alexander returns to Impact Wrestling. And the very first thing he did was deliver the C4 spike to Moose. You know, we get the announcement for Rebellion that it'll be Moose versus Josh Alexander for the Impact World title. We see Josh get a new Impact contract. And it's a multi-year contract, by the way. So it looks like Josh Alexander isn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. What did you think of all this with his return and all of this happening literally at the end of the pay-per-view? So real quick, I'll address uh, Heath and Moose. Uh, I thought it was a good match for what it was, a fine main event. Uh, I want I want to point this out first. I don't have an issue with Heath Slater. I, I like Heath Slater. <laughs> but it's hard for me to really with a two-week build, suspend my disbelief to think Keith Slater is going to beat Moose for the Impact World title. Uh, that, that's really my only complaint about that. Uh, when it comes to Josh Alexander, uh, this has obviously been the storyline they've been building to for a few months now since Bound for Glory. Uh, Josh Alexander fighting, trying to get back to that Impact World title. And it looks like that may happen at Rebellion. Uh, Josh Alexander, I didn't think he was going to go anywhere. I was kind of expecting him to re-sign with Impact. Uh, Even though they did name drop him on AEW a few weeks ago, but we like to forget about that segment. Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah, they do have a big main event for Rebellion. Definitely about six months build. So I'll, I'll actually be at Rebellion in Poughkeepsie, New York. So... That should be fun. So we know where we're getting our results from, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we're going to have Justin texting everything if we're not watching. I'll be watching probably, so no big deal. Mm. All right, let's let's uh, let's switch things over a little bit. You know, there was another event going on, something that's actually very special to us because we're both New Yorkers. Yes, New York City is about six hours away from me. For Justin, it's about three. Go F yourself. (laughs) Sorry? Nothing ever comes my way. I always actually have to travel to Justin's area, which is where all the interviews I do are mostly in, in his hometown. So he doesn't even have to really go anywhere. Right here at Albany, New York. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. My God, I dropped my iPad. <laughs> so, WWE has a house show at Madison Square Garden. And these house shows are usually fantastic. These house shows are awesome. Usually, at these house shows, we see surprise people come out that we're not expecting. We see title changes and everything like that. Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful was trying to, you know, he was tweeting about it and wasn't really getting much news out of anyone that was part of WWE or anything like that, that could maybe cause some spoilers. After all, here at Perched on the Top Rope, we are spoiler free is the way to be. I had made my predictions on this card on episode 63, which is where 
I even made my predictions for the impact pay-per-view that occurred last night. So let's just go down the card because we didn't know the card last Mm -hmm. night. Really. We did not know. We only knew certain matches. We didn't know uh, for the most part who like Brock Lesnar was going to face. We didn't know who Roman Reigns was going to face. We only knew a few matches. So MSG Madison square garden, beautiful place. Been there. We have the alpha Academy defending the raw tag team championships against RK bro. We do not have new tag team champions for raw. The alpha Academy defeated RK bro. Now we weren't there. So we, there's no way for us to even describe how the match was or anything like that. I can only give you a little uh, tidbits from fans that I have found on Twitter. Uh, Even though alpha Academy won both Orton and Riddle after the match hit RKOs on the Alpha Academy. All right, I'll take it. And but, I think it's important to note with uh, the rumors of Orton's injury this past Monday after the frog splash from Montez Ford, uh, it looks like he is good to go if he wrestled on this show and was able to do his usual spots. Yeah, um, from what I heard about that was the reason that the the finished was rushed was during that frog splash it knocked the wind out of Orton. yeah and he thought it was worse than what it was i guess but it took the wind out of him it was almost kind of like a uh oh what what is w the, the term wwe uses for an injury but it's not an injury Anyway, I don't remember what it is. It starts with an S. I just can't remember what it was. Well, we'll figure it out when the, when we end the recording. Yeah, it'll 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 come <laughs> into our heads and we'll just freaking blab it out and out of nowhere. Yep. So the United States Championship match, uh champion Finn Balor. This is actually one of the matches that I felt could be a title change. Was taking on Damian Priest, who we saw on Monday made a heel turn. Finn Balor defeated Damian Priest. It was via disqualification, though. I don't know how it happened. I just know it was a disqualification. When I made the predictions for this match, Justin, I thought that Damian Priest would win seemingly by cheating, which would lead Damian Priest to take on Finn Balor at WrestleMania, but it would not be Finn Balor. It would be the Demon. That's what I saw. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was kind of hoping, that this was going to be one of the matches for a title change and we, we didn't see it. It's fine, but I'll be curious to see how the storyline continues with the both of them now after this, because if you've already had Finn Balor beat him twice now, I really don't know if you can have a WrestleMania match between the two of them. It does make sense to me at that point, but if they continue that storyline, that's cool. I might not be that invested in the match, to be honest with you, knowing that Damian Priest has already lost twice and you've made it known, especially after having a heel turn. Uh, You would think that with that quick heel turn and a quick loss of the belt that you would turn around and put it back on him. But I guess we'll see what happens from here. Yeah. 
we have the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Uh, the Usos, or as I like to call them, the Lost Boys of Neverland. Taking on Big E and Kofi Kingston. Might as well, I mean, I don't know why people just don't call them the New Day. That's the New Day. You just don't have Xavier Woods, so. Yeah, the, the fucking Titan Tron says New Day. I'm going to call him the New Day. <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone else is Big E and Kofi. No, nah, it's the New Day. Come on. <laughs> They're coming out to the same music, and it's you. You know, you're still hearing Big E go. Don't you dare be sour? Clap for the best tag team champions. You know, and all that stuff. Like they're still doing that. Come on, you're the new day. You're the new day. It's the new day. Clap for the guys who got beat by Brock and feel the power. <laughs> oh, it's a new day. Yes, it is. Back to the mid card. <laughs> Pancakes oh, throwing. Coolest action figure in a cereal box set. Come on. How can honestly, how can you hate the new day? It's like some of the greatest they've done some of the greatest things in wrestling and i know fans are going to be like they're a comedy act how can you take them seriously it's pro wrestling i like them and it's fun if you don't like it i'm sorry my happiness is ruining yours but i'm not sorry not everything needs to be serious (laughs) why so serious they do a great job they do a great job with what what they're given and everything and you know, I, I'm, I like the New Day. I really do. And I, I think that they do great. They, I've got signed action figures by them, and I think that they're awesome. There's nothing wrong with what they do in WWE. And one day they're going to go into the Hall of Fame. Vince McMahon said it on TV. He's got to stick to his word. Yep. I'm holding them to it. I might be in a wheelchair by the time it happens, but I'm holding them to it. <laughs> so the Lost Boys... The Usos uh, win the match. And I only call them the Lost Boys because uh, one of them looks like Rufio from uh, Peter Pan with uh, Robin Williams. The hair with the red and everything. Yeah. Sometimes I make that joke and people don't get the reference. And I'm like, did you not watch Peter Pan the movie? It's just like, no. It's like, oh, that's your fault. It's a good movie, folks. Go watch it. Rest in peace, Robin Williams, great comedian. So, Usos win. I mean, that, that to me, that's not really a shocker considering, you know, we are coming up to WrestleMania. They are part of a big storyline in itself, especially being tied to their family members with the bloodline, Roman Reigns. This one was one that baffled me. And I thought that this could have had a title change too that would have really shaken things up. The Raw Women's Championship match was a triple threat match. Becky Lynch defending against Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. We seemingly see the four horse women getting older. I mean, that's not a bad thing. They're, they're still only in their 30s. I'm 37 myself. But generally, women retire younger than the men do in professional wrestling. Yeah. It's very shocking like to see like a Mickey James at 42 or like Jazz when she was in Impact. She was the oldest person. that She was the oldest female wrestler on any roster at that time. 
Uh, and this was last year when this was going on. So now we start seeing like the younger women like Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, who I guess like out of like a Bailey, a Becky, a Sasha, and even a Charlotte, you can see that they're a different generation because of the move sets that they can do. And I would honestly, I would include Naomi as part oh, of yeah, definitely is part of that but like naomi has a move set where she can like compete with this newer generation you don't see becky lynch flying off the top rope or jumping over the top rope you don't see bailey doing that you don't see sasha doing that you see charlotte do it with the moonsault in the um whatever that one move she does is i can't remember what it's called she does all like the turns in the air and everything yeah, moonsault. She needs to stop landing on her feet. Yeah, like she just <laughs> she has like such a, an elevation with it, like a high angle one, kind of like what Kurt Angle does. But yeah. she like, but she's for whatever reason by that she's like halfway in the air and she's already like face like feet first. And I'm like, yeah. but I mean, I guess like if like you know you just land backwards, it's all right to land like that. But if like you just land on your feet and like the person you like. I guess maybe like your stomach hits like the person's shoulder and your feet hits the ground at the same time. It can still work, but if you had the right person that might be able to say, stay on their feet when Charlotte hits it and be able to just stand there, like maybe how we've seen in the past, like Brock Lesnar do it to wrestlers when they moonsault off him and he just catches them and F5s them or like, a John Cena catches them when they do a cross body and then like flips them up and F five or the F U things like that. I would say that's a Jujop spot. She's got to be able to, to not like fall though. She's got to be able to stand and then catch Charlotte. And then maybe she can like power slam her or something. That'd be yeah. something we haven't seen. Cause like what, to me, one of the most annoying things is like when now, when that's th- those spots happen, it's not like a one person to catch the person. It's everyone standing there and they start fighting for a second. Then it's like, oh, hey, look up. We're about to get moonsaulted. And instead of like fighting until like literally the seconds before and turn and catch her, they're all just like a deer in headlights yeah. just standing there looking at her like, okay, we're going to catch you now. Yay. Like you're going to hit us. We're going to get hurt. Well, let's all turn and face the same way and look at what's coming at us. Yeah, like, no, like, those spots, like, to me, they don't work, but fans still get, like, oh, my God, that was awesome. Like, they literally, they knew she was coming. Like, (laughs) why'd they just stand there if that's the case? Like, you make, at least make it look like you're unaware until seconds before she's about to just drop on you. Yeah, just take a good old two steps to the side. You can help yourself out that way. Yeah. So, uh, Becky Lynch wins the match. Bianca and Rhea Ripley did not win. As we know, we are getting Becky versus Bianca at WrestleMania. And the reason why I thought this could have been one where, where you have a title change, you could have added Rhea into the, uh, as a triple threat match, but you know, this close to mania, you got a lot of storytelling to do for that to happen. But the, area where I I thought would have been the best was if you put the belt on Bianca Belair, but you have her have, have pinned Rhea Ripley 
And then that sets up Bianca doing all the bragging that she's the one going into WrestleMania as the champion and Becky's the one who needs to beat her, not vice versa. So that's where I saw another title change. Uh, It didn't go that way, but I'll be interested to see how it goes. You know, what were your thoughts on that? Like, can you see how that could work? No, I definitely understand what you're saying. Uh, So the storyline they're currently doing is that Becky has been a champion every day that she has been on the active roster. So obviously not the time she was out on maternity leave for the year and a half or so or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, So I think they are building to that at WrestleMania. Uh, Three years after becoming Becky Two Belts, Bianca will be the one to take the title off her uh, and have that big moment on the grand stage. Uh, When it comes to, I want to point this out, Rhea Ripley and Bianca are definitely two of the uh, next big stars in this women's division, if they're not already, they've definitely so far on their time on the main roster have had kind of that John Cena Batista elevation mm-hmm. in a way. I believe, like they were the last two in the Rumble last year, uh, WrestleMania last year. They both won a title from their respective brand. Uh, they had that moment in the Gauntlet match a few weeks ago. Was the last two they were. They were in the final three in the Elimination Chamber a few weeks ago. So those are two that are definitely going to carry this woman's division to the next 10 years, probably. When Charlotte, your Charlottes and your Sashas and your Baileys and your Beckys aren't around as much. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we're, we're seemingly already seeing that. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Which is, is fine, but. Um, I do like the newer generation of the female wrestlers because they can do more in the ring in my eyes, which I, I, I do enjoy. Uh, so power to them. Next, we have what is 100% setting up for a, another WrestleMania match. We had Ms. TV. This is actually the most that I have on what happened at WWE MSG. So the Miz comes out and does Miz TV. Kevin Owens is his guest. Uh, Miz asked Owen Owens to talk trash about Texas as we are seeing just tons of reports that we're going to get Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 38. So instead, Owens trash talks Hollywood. The Miz says that he's from Hollywood and so is his partner, Logan Paul. Miz, you're from Cleveland, Ohio, and I remember that from MTV Real World New York. Why do I know that? Because I was on MTV too, okay? You kept talking about Cleveland, 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 that, and if I remember correctly, on MTV, the real world, you didn't have much exposure to cultural differences and or races and i remember that because he had a rather big fight with a roommate so ms you are not from hollywood you lived in hollywood you are not from hollywood you are from cleveland ohio you liar 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 pants on fire ms shame on you 
cheating the great people of Cleveland, Ohio, that you are from there. You want to know also I know you're from there? Because you go to a lot of freaking NBA and NFL games. Or at least you used to with your little Cleveland jerseys. You liar. (laughs) The funny thing is Logan Paul is from Cleveland too. Yeah, Miz, (laughs) you liar. Come on, give Cleveland some love. That's that's all. Johnny Gargano, he's the only one doing it. Yeah, you liar, Miz. Liar. So, uh, the Miz defended Paul Logan. Owens buried him because Owens great on the mic. Owens said Logan Paul was at Mania last year and asked Miz if he remembered what happened. The Miz didn't know and said that, uh, instead, Owens said he would remind him and hit the Miz with a stunner instead. And that was the end of the. Uh, Miss TV. You know, the more that they keep teasing this Kevin Owens Stone Cold match, I become more intrigued is if we're going to see Stone Cold show up at Raw at some point and say, hey, he's had enough of this bashing on Texas. Or are we going to get Kevin Owens coming down to mania, you know, coming down the ramp being like, I don't have a match, blah, blah, blah. Someone better come out here and and take this match and, you know, him make fun of Texas a bunch. And then you hear the glass shatter. If you are going to book the Kevin Owens stone cold, Steve Austin match, how are you booking it, Justin? So the way I think they are going to do it, uh, if it does happen, because I'm not even fully convinced that this is going to happen. Uh, I believe the main event of Raw tomorrow is that triple threat tag team match for the Raw tag titles. Yep. Uh, RK Bro Alpha Academy and Seth and KO. I could see a situation where KO loses tomorrow night. Even maybe Seth Rollins just kind of walks out on him. He trashes the Texas and whatever town they're in tomorrow. And maybe you get the glass shatter moment tomorrow night on Raw. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. But uh, I also see the possibility of uh, Austin just showing up at Mania and Kevin Owens cutting a promo and you just get that big stunner moment, which honestly I think is all it needs to be. But Well, and you know, we talked about this. I believe you and I did. When it, when it comes to... Stone Cold Steve Austin. The last time we saw him in the ring was WrestleMania when he came down with Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels with the New Day. And if you remember, uh, the New Day's Xavier Woods took a Stone Cold Stunner. Yep. And if I remember correctly, it was that Stone Cold Stunner that Stone Cold tore his bicep and had to have surgery. I believe you're right. So what kind of match can Stone Cold really put on? We're going to see a couple of punches, a couple of kicks, and then he's going to do a kick stunner over or come down to the ring, kick stunner over. I don't think we're going to see him take bumps. I don't know if he can do it or not, especially considering knowing what happened at the last WrestleMania. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. The only other thing I could see is, you know, he makes fun of Texas so much. Maybe the Undertaker just comes down, tombstones him, and that's it, and then leaves. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, because you know he's from Texas too. So anything could happen. We're just waiting to 
see what happens. Bring out all the Texans. Yeah. Stone Cold, Undertaker, Sean. Booker. Anyone you can think of. Yeah, everyone, any anyone who wrestled in Texas, go to WrestleMania. Make sure you are in line to give Kevin Owens your finishing move. <laughs> also, very weird. Uh, KO was working face on this show. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, because he's been working as a heel, especially teaming with Seth Rollins. So did yeah. That is that is rather interesting. Maybe it's uh, maybe he's going to turn face at some point. Who knows? Yeah, I guess we'll have to. I guess I guess we'll find out after Raw. You know what happens in the tag match to see. Yep. So the next match we have Drew McIntyre defeating Sami Zayn. As we know, Sami Zayn is on a huge losing streak, having just lost the Intercontinental Championship to Ricochet Friday on SmackDown. You know, I'm not going to lie. And I, I did a show on this. The Intercontinental title doesn't mean jack squat anymore. You want my honest opinion? The United States Championship actually means more because you have a higher mid-card guys realistically wrestling for it. You can't tell me that Finn Balor being the United States champion, that that belt has less value than the Intercontinental Championship being held by Ricochet. I've said this on record many times. I only think that that Intercontinental Championship in recent years has meant something when the Miz has held it. It means yes. nothing otherwise right now. He needs to hold it again. He's the one closest to breaking some Intercontinental Championship records. And if you want the Miz to go on top, you have him going down as the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, which means he dethrones Pedro Morales as most consecutive days as champion. And you have him beat Chris Jericho's most reigns because right now Jericho's at nine, the Miz is at eight. So he needs two more, one to tie and one to break it. You that that's the only thing I can see of bringing prestigiousness back to that title and change the design that that belt is the ugliest belt in WWE and compared to your universal belt compared to your WWE championship compared to the United States championship belt compared to the tag team titles, which by the way, they're ugly too. The intercontinental championship needs to change. It looks hideous. It looks I like agree. a bigger version of the women's tag team belts. Yeah. I just, I think it's a hideous looking belt. Change it back. Make it look bad. I don't know. Bring it back to what the Miz had in 2014, 2015, when he was like, I'm bringing prestigiousness back to this. Hell, go back to when Cody Rhodes held it. And, and he was like, yo, I want it to look this way. I mean, even even just add some paint to it because honestly the title just doesn't look good on TV with all the lights and everything. Yeah, it just no. reflects off of it. You can't even see what's on it. Yeah, I, I'm just not a fan of it, and I think clearly that's how. I think it's being treated as nothing in my eyes. I don't see there any value in that championship, and not to take anything away from Ricochet from winning it. Good for him, first main roster belt more than deserving he's had like a lackluster career in my opinion but he's always on tv which is good for him i just 
I, I will say I'm glad they took the title off Zane, so it's not involved in the match with Knoxville at WrestleMania. I yeah, I will agree because if Johnny Knoxville were to become WWE Intercontinental Champion, dead title would have been dead. It, it would have been a David Arquette WCW Champion all over again type deal. Yep. But I will give David Arquette credit. He can wrestle. You and yeah. I have seen him live in Poughkeepsie, New York. Yeah. You know, he can wrestle. He's a great wrestler. I enjoyed his wrestling. But at the time that he won the WCW championship, and when we interviewed Vince Russo, he even admitted David did not want to win it. He was like, no, 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 like we shouldn't do this. But they did anyway. So if you have Johnny Knoxville win it, I'm I'm seemingly seeing that all over again. Or like when Vince Russo won the WCW championship, when Vincent Kennedy McMahon was the ECW champion. I mean, come on. <laughs> or like when he was the WWE champion, come on. Well, I mean, the WWE championship made sense. He was a genetic jackhammer <laughs> back then in 1999. But when the ECW champion in what, 07? Wearing the do rag and no, not which. Failing. By the way, I'm glad you bring that up, Mattel. I still want an elite of do rag Vince with the ECW title. I will not stop until it happens. Mattel, do you hear us? Give me give the gobbledygooker us... too. <laughs> give us that Vinnie Mac ECW champion with the do rag. I really don't need a gobbledygooker figure, so that's cool. Don't make one. Hey. Although, although if they do do make one, they got to have uh, who was it that was in there? Was it Hector, Hector Guerrero? Guerrero? Yeah, yeah. They he they have to. It's got to be like a two for one. He's got to be inside it. You know what I mean? Like inside the egg. Yeah, <laughs> like you got the egg, and like the egg is like the box. Yeah. And then you open the box up as the egg, and out and out is like the actual gobbledygooker. But like you should be able to open that up. And there should be a Hector Guerrero inside. Yeah, I think that's asking too much from them, though. Oh, it's asking too much just for an egg-shaped box. <laughs> so that's fine, though. I digress. Yeah. I digress. Uh, Drew McIntyre defeats Sami Zayn. I should have seen that coming. So we have a rematch from uh Ronda Rousey and Naomi defeating Charlotte and Sonya Deville. No surprise there. Um, it's all right. Not, you know, we, we've already seen the teasing of Naomi and Sasha Banks going for the women's titles. So that could be your first Sasha Banks winning match at WrestleMania. That would make her one in seven because she's never won at WrestleMania. She's the new Jeff Hardy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's got, she's got the reverse record of the undertaker. (laughs) He was looking for his first loss. She's looking for her first win. (laughs) And uh, your main event. Oh God. So before we even get into this, please let's, let's talk about these two mystery opponents. (laughs) I want to point out, uh, and I didn't even tell you this, Lee. So early yesterday morning, I fought to myself and considered actually making the trip to Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I considered taking the night off from work, hopping on the, the 
Greyhound bus, going to Madison Square Garden, and even getting a hotel that night. I considered it, and I said, you know what? No, I think I'm okay. Um, then I hear the reports, hey, keep an eye on the garden tonight. Something big's going to happen at the garden tonight. And I'm like, oh, shit, did I make the wrong decision? Uh, in retrospect, I think I made a fine decision. But <laughs> I understand that WB wants to sell tickets for Madison Square Garden. I was just at the last show the day after Christmas. If you remember the whole incident with that, half the people who were advertised were not there due to COVID regulations. Uh, they had an NXT title match with Ciampa and Pete Dunne. Uh, Edge was rushed there at the last minute. Now, all that we learned getting into the building. So everything was just madness that night. Uh, and I think they did fine for what they, what with what they had that night, I think they did fine. And to a degree, maybe if I was at this show last night, I would have said the same thing. But these mystery opponents. So initially, it was advertised as Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns for the Universal, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar for the WB. Obviously, Brock, uh, Bobby Lashley is out with an injury right now, could not compete. And up until about a week ago, they had switched Roman Reigns' opponent to a mystery opponent instead of Seth Rollins. Now we get to last night at the Garden. Who do you think Roman Reigns' opponent was? It was Seth Rollins. Yeah, it wasn't the mystery guy. Like we, you know, we'd already because we'd already covered the match, but you know, they did tease that it was supposed to be mystery opponents for the two world champions. Yep. And the match, from what I heard, lasted about five minutes with Seth and Roman. Uh, it, it, from the clips I see, it, it did look like a fine five minute match. I mean, uh, for what you're given, they made the most of it. But let's bury the shit out of this main event. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it because Brock Lesnar took on Tyler Breeze? Oh fuck, I'm sorry. It wasn't Tyler Breeze. It was the <laughs> other guy who takes selfies in the ring. Austin Theory. The same guy that is came out Friday and challenged Pat McAfee to a WrestleMania match as we saw from Thursday with Pat McAfee live with Vince McMahon. Vince offered Pat a match Monday on raw. We saw Austin theory with a little light bulb that went off in his head in Vince's office comes out Friday and says, I'm your opponent. Vince doesn't like you. Blah, blah, blah. And slaps McAfee. (laughs) Yeah. So Our great mystery opponent, which, by the way, a lot of fans had really speculated that Cody Rhodes was going to come out and make this challenge. That would have been pretty cool, but then you need to like set something up for him at Mania if you're going to run with something that hot. Yeah, because Cody ain't winning against Brock. <laughs> no. <laughs> Neither did Austin Theory. <laughs> so... um. WWE is high on Austin Theory. We clearly see that, especially with the working of Vince McMahon, like kind of like seemingly taking him under his wing. Austin Theory was not ready for this. 
Austin Theory wasn't ready for an F5 off the top of a chamber. Austin Theory is 100% going to be a main eventer one day. Absolutely. It's just not right now. How (laughs) disappointed would you have been if you went and the big mystery opponent was Austin Theory? You know what? It's one thing to put Austin Theory in the spot. And you know what? Congrats to him. He got his first main event at Madison Square Garden last night. So, and like I said, I don't think it's his last. Yeah. Now, for me to travel three hours and to get a minute and a half main event, I would not have been happy. <laughs> Especially how much money I would have put into that show. Uh. Oh, I mean, I would have had to, for me, it would have been a six hour trip because we had talked, You like thinking about going, like you had said. Yeah. Yep. So. I would have thrown whatever was in my hand. I wouldn't have even cared if it was my fucking cell phone. It would have <laughs> been thrown at the ring. I would, and if it would have hit one of them, I would have, ra- I'd rather hope that it was Austin Theory because when they find the owner of the phone and Brock picked it up and it hit him, I would have been nowhere in sight no matter where I was sitting. <laughs> I wouldn't even want the phone back. I would, you know, I'd be, I, my doors would be locked. I would have any, all my security cameras would have been lights on, activate motion sensor as soon as possible. And I would have been like, it, this big six foot, whatever, 300 pound man knocking at my door with my cell phone seemingly would just probably rip my door off anyway. And been like, where the hell is this asshole? <laughs> and I would have been F five at the Hasbro bar and all the action figures would be broken and dismantled. And I, aside from being sore for days or weeks, I'd probably be crying for days or weeks for the amount of money that has gone into what is behind me just for a, a studio setup of Hasbro's, of every ring and seemingly almost every action figure loose is a good couple grand. So no, that would not have been fun, but I would have thrown whatever was in my hand. I would have thrown it. I, I mean, but then again, I, I would hope that my seats weren't ringside. Like the guy who threw the beer at Joey Janela. Actually, that was an interesting story in itself, because if you watch the tape, at GCW where Joey Janela flips out on the fan. The fan he flips out on is only, only gave him the middle finger and must've said something. There was a fan that like walked over right by that guy and threw his beer at him and then walked away. Joey Janela didn't catch that. He just caught the guy giving him the finger and thought that that's where the beer had come from. And you see him just start kicking him. And then he like comes out and go, gets over the guardrail and you see the fan like seemingly back up. Like I would have too. That's why I said, if something I throw hit him, I'd hope it hit Austin theory because that's the lesser of two evils that I got to get my ass kicked by. Yeah. It's like the CM Punk story where, uh, that the one fan was shoving him down the steps during that one episode of raw at the end. Oh, and it was the wrong fan. He cold clocks the wrong guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I got a good CM Punk story like that, though. Uh, Syracuse, New York. Uh, he was the main event against Chris Jericho. This is 2012. Yeah, 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. After the match, CM Punk goes around giving everyone high fives. Of course, I, 
at the time, like these live events, the the to sit ringside was so it's so cheap. I had front row seats. I go with my high school wrestling coach and his like five, six year old son. His son reaches out for a high five and he's like right in front of me. So I just go like this. I go punk. And I put my hand extended out over the kid and I got the high five from CM Punk. <laughs> my high school wrestling coach's son just starts crying hysterically. Oh my God. <laughs> my, my coach looks at me and he goes, you just robbed my five-year-old of a high five from CM Punk. And I looked at him and I go, I don't care. I'm sorry. The I don't care should have seemingly let him know that I genuinely did not care. I wanted a high five from CM Punk. I did not care if the kid did. It was a classic Brock Lesnar, Heath Slater. I don't give a shit about your kids. <laughs> not saying I didn't give a shit about Dominic because that was his name. Not, not, not Dominic Mysterio because my high school wrestling coach is as short as Ray Mysterio and his son Dominic is tall like Dominic Mysterio. But there's no Eddie Guerrero in the picture, so we couldn't roll with that storyline. But um, yeah, so I, I robbed his kid of a high five by CM Punk, and for me, it was one of the greatest things ever. In a true asshole heel moment, too, if you've ever heard of one. Because I literally looked over and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't care. I'm, but I'm sorry." Like it's like a complete oxymoron. If I've ever heard an oxymoron, if I could ever define oxymoron, if I could ever give an example of an oxymoron, that is an oxymoron (laughs) still one of my favorite things that i've done um however after the match roman reigns with the bloodline comes out attacks brock brock bleeds he gets power bombed or speared or something on uh the steel steps and uh that's how the madison square garden event ends what I'm super confused about is if that's the case, why was MSG so guarded? Like they made it seem like big surprises were going to happen. Exactly. Nothing. Uh, usually at MSG, you can expect a title change. There was no title changes. They hyped this up. And I think they overhyped possibly to sell some extra tickets. Oh, that's absolutely what it was. Especially seeing as they were mentioning the show on TV multiple times, not even just like a passing mention. Yes. So, yeah, with, with the bad attendance at MSG for the day after Christmas last year, and like I said, I was there. I can confirm the attendance was not very good. Uh, they wanted to come back from that. And, you know... They did a WV is going to WB and they gypped us all. Yep. Now, knowing the fact that they had done all that, all the mentionings of the, the thing and surprises on the card and we didn't get surprises. Did WWE let MSG fans down and the other WWE fans? I think to a degree, yes. I think there were a lot of people going into MSG yesterday really expecting like this big, big surprise going into WrestleMania, and they just didn't get it. Yeah. I will say this. When you go down the card, Alpha Academy versus RK Bro, titles on the line, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, 
United States title on the line. Uso versus the New Day, SmackDown tag titles on the line. Becky Lynch in a triple threat versus Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, Raw Women's title on the line. Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins, Universal Championship on the line. Drew versus Sami Zayn. Uh, the rematch of Ronda Rousey and Naomi against Charlotte and Sonya Deville. Uh, the WWE Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Austin Theory. Aside from that match, you have a pay-per-view quality match list here. Oh, yeah. There's no denying it was a stacked card. But there's also a degree of disappointment when you go in there. And, you know, I'm not saying I was expecting Cody Rhodes to show up, but I'm sure a lot of people going into Madison Square Garden were. Uh, you can chalk that up to them fantasy booking and this, that, and the other. But, you know, it, it's just – it feels like a slap in the face sometimes with WB. And I know that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and that does. And what I know about the MSG cards is nine times out of ten, there's always a title change. Now, I'm not saying that this close to Mania, there needed to be a title change, but I think for what we got with this card, there were some pretty interesting ways to book around this. And again, I had a couple of matches in my eyes. I The triple threat, I saw you could dethrone Becky and make a big deal about it. But with the fact that they're running with the storyline that they are now, you wouldn't want to do that. But you could also end that early to start something else out of it where now it's Bianca bragging, you got to face me at mania and I'm the one with the belt. It'd be an interesting role reversal in the storyline, to be honest. The only one that made the most sense to me would have been Finn and, and Damian priest, because then you could have bring because then you could bring the demon out of Finn Balor to get the title back at WrestleMania yeah. type deal. Other than that, I, I thought alpha Academy and RK bro, but obviously they have different plans with that storyline and it'll be interesting to, to see what happens tomorrow on raw with the raw tag team title match. So um, yeah, you know, that's, that's what happened. That was the card. Unfortunately, fans, we don't know how the matches were length or anything like that. Um, Usually, sometimes when they brag about this, I also expected that maybe this would also be on Peacock for us to watch, like they've nope. done in the past. You know, they did that. They've done that at Madison Square Garden before. They'd done that with the special um, event from Japan when they had done yep. that. These so I would say, yes, there were some letdowns when it came to this. You hyped it up, but not everybody could watch. I think you dropped the ball there, WWE. I think they would have had a lot of people for as much as they hyped. I think they would have had a, a great live stream of people watching. You know, you teased it so much. We expected a title match to change hands. We expected it. And then when you're teasing that mystery opponents for Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, again, that's one of those things that we were expecting somebody to come out that normally we wouldn't have seen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do think that there were some letdowns. Some of it is on our, on our own accord, especially thinking that someone like a Cody Rhodes was going to get involved or, 
that we were going to get a title change. But when you've done title changes at MSG so much in the past, you leave us to believe that that's what we're going to get. So I do see some interesting storylines that could have furthered through fantasy booking that we talked about today, but maybe next time. Adrenaline in my soul. (laughs) New York got no Cody Rhodes. It was Austin Theory in the match. (laughs) And it only lasted a minute. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, and all the other domain hosts to which podcasts can be found. You can go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can watch all the interviews that I've even talked about, including teasers from the Gary Michael Capetta interview that are on our YouTube now. You can go to our TikTok perched on the top rope where we recreate Selena scenes of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history. If you also know the taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, from his time in WCW with the Dungeon of Doom and everything like that. You can watch him get humped by a dog on our TikTok again that's perched on the top rope. Yes, I said humped by a dog. Oh, it's true. It's true. You can find us on Facebook where we are rapidly closing in on 10,000 likes to the page. It is facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. You can go to our Twitter account to where we will be live tweeting AEW Revolution tonight. That is perched top rope. You can also find us on Instagram with hilarious memes to which Justin usually supplies them with me in our group chat. That is Perched on Top Rope Podcast, and they are hysterical. Well, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I would like to thank our cameraman, Justin Largito, for coming on. And Justin and I actually have a special announcement now that we got through the shameless plugs. We are going to be starting a new weekly episode podcast within Perched on the Top Rope, everything related to action figures, as Justin and I are very, very big on figure collecting. Now, these episodes, because they will need visuals because we are talking about figures, will also go up on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. Justin is a very, very big collector of action figures as you, you you can't see here at the bar but i'm surrounded by one i got 15 action figures literally sitting on my hasbro bar alone that are mostly signed and i mean i'm talking samoa joe samoa joe samoa joe signed i got a drew mcintyre over in the corner signed i just picked up the goon elite i just picked up this beautiful Series six gold dust action figure, which I'm getting signed next week in Albany. I have series 91 Hulk Hogan with the top picks of Jeff Hardy. And I've got some AEW figures that will be getting signed as well. I've got the LJN style Cody Rhodes while I have Matt Hardy and Dustin Rhodes behind him. And then of course, behind me is an amazing setup of WWF Hasbro's, which is why it is called the WWF Hasbro bar. 
Justin's collection is wide and vast of a mix of WWE, WWF, AEW, and he has some incredible signed figures to which I hope that when we do this podcast that we will get to be uh, seeing some of these figures is I'll be showcasing some of the best in my collection as well. Uh, We have not set a date or time to which the first episode will be aired, but I promise you fans it is coming and make sure you look for it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another great episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Always remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. 